Welcome to the Midnight Film Club. Um, I'm your host, James. Hello, my name's David. Yep, and this is a podcast where we rip hot takes on movies we love or love to hate. So, <laughs> depending on what the movie is, yeah, I suppose so. Yeah, so this week... Uh, that was probably really squeaky, I'm sorry. <laughs> That's okay. Um, so this week, we watched uh, an animated classic, um, Akira. So... Yeah, we have a lot to say about this one this week. You know, I <laughs> I'll start. I'll throw this pen away because I know that I'm going to keep clicking it. Um, I will say about this movie though, um, I understand why it's a classic, but I definitely have a very love hate relationship with this movie because how so? I mean, do you want to do you want to talk about what? this movie is first <laughs> like, like I think, yeah i think we need to explain a bit of the backstory behind I mean, the movie people have probably seen akira akira's been around for 30 years it's kind of that cult classic everyone's seen akira because it's that it's the anime movie yeah when you watch anime this is the movie you should watch yeah and it's it's the movie that appears on like the matrix posters like no matrix you know without oh, akira yeah, yeah, yeah. no akira no matrix kind of stuff and it'll it'll be on the top of every single top 20 anime movies like list or whatever <laughs> it, it's always there right yeah. so so akira made in 1988 so yep. four years older than me uh two years older than you <laughs> yes. um directed yeah. by ultimo katsuhiro who also did the manga and anime steam boy yes yes yeah so interesting interesting thing about about this is that typically i don't think this is the case but uh katsuhiro is also the writer and like illustrator of the manga. Yeah, all six volumes. So, I mean, most anim- most like anime a- adaptations will have like whoever the head of the the studio is doing the directing. But he was pretty. I guess from what I had heard, he was pretty adamant that he be the director of Akira. Yeah, and the manga, like you said, is six volumes. Um, it's but the, really long. Yeah, have you read it? I've re- I'm, I'm actually rereading it um, because at my work there's a library. Oh, okay. And they have the original volumes in Japanese and I'm oh, okay. like volume three. But there are so many new characters. Well, not new, but you know what I mean. Characters like, that are in the yeah, manga, like, like legacy characters in the yeah the thing. So it's interesting that the manga is like considerably longer than the movie because I guess what he had said. To make sure that he got director, he said, if people are going... Because there's no way you can make a six-volume like volume manga into a two-hour movie. Like, no it's, it's not going to happen. No so, way. he's like, if I, if someone is going to be making cuts to what happens in the story, it's going to be me. Because I don't want you to, to fuck around with uh, <laughs> that story. And I think, personally, that's probably where I'm, I'm a little bit down on this movie. <laughs> How so? Would you have liked to have seen like the manga adapted into like I, a full kind know, of anime, like you know, three or four movies or something like that? Honestly, it's hard to say because this movie had such a high budget. If if multiple movies had got the exact same amount of budget, then yes, yeah, a that would have been great. Of seven hundred million yen, which at the time five point five million dollars. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah it's, making it's the most lot. expensive anime film at the time. I think. Yeah. Um, yes, until uh, until Spirit Away came yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, you can tell if you've seen Spirit Away, you can understand why that movie has got a lot of money behind it. <laughs> yeah. So, in short, um, to introduce it, 
Um, it's a dystopian 2019, I think. Yes, so the, two, far, the far off yeah, future of 2019, <laughs> so, uh, two so, years ago. Yeah, it tells the story of two biker gang members, uh, Canada and Tetsuo. Are they really friends? Or are they just like... Um, yeah, maybe we can get into that <laughs> later. But um, Tetsuo gets fucked up, has an accident, and gets psychic powers. And uh, yeah, starts hailing shit on the city and... Kanye West recreated it in his video for Stronger many, many years later. So. I would describe this... <laughs> the way I would describe this, the plot of this movie uh, is when going Chunibyo goes wrong. Like, that's literally what it is. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Like, when, someone goes, when someone goes to Chunibyo. Because that, that's really what it is. Um, so... I mean, do we want to get... I don't want to do, like, a full plot synopsis. I kind of yeah, want to talk yeah, about the, yeah. the movie itself, but... Absolutely. I mean, if um, you're here for the movie review, you've probably seen it. Probably just seen one, it. Yeah, just I a new so. take. And, I mean, it's been out 30 years, so what are you doing? Go see it. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? You, it's on where Netflix. Have you been? <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yes, so what would you like to talk about? Um, I mean, I want to talk... Let, let's kind of head it off of the past here. The, the reason that I, I brought up at the beginning... Um, that I kind of have a love-hate relationship with this movie is because I feel like this movie does a really poor job of telling me what the hell is going on. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Like, scenes happen, and characters are there, and I understand what's happening, but I can tell that that because this was adapted from a larger manga, that there is stuff missing that is kind of critical to the the plot of the movie there's so many things that i just have questions where i'm like why is this happening why is this here why does he have power like i'm just like you know i'm just like why like i don't don't know because they don't ever explain it right like in the first 10 minutes of the movie spoilers for a 30 year old movie um (laughs) there's gonna be plenty of yeah i i think at this point we just say spoilers are on if you're if you're (laughs) listening to this yes so at the beginning of the movie um tetsuo kind of like smashes his bike into uh what's his name takashi one of the the one of the old prune face the old prune face children psychic kids right yeah i think his name is takashi takashi but anyway he hits takahashi and he gets psychic powers and they just kind of are like okay he's psychic now it's like okay well, put him on a rotating spinning bed just yeah <laughs> some secret facility but, but like they don't they don't ever explain why they don't ever explain how that happened i mean they don't even ever explain how he survived his bike literally fucking exploding just disintegrates yes you know? it just turns into a fireball and then he's just on the ground and he's like yeah i'm fine you little shit. He's going. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> the yeah, you little shit. Like the first thing you'd say is, "Why is your face so weird?" <laughs> yeah, what's wrong with your face? <laughs> what's wrong with your face, man? But yeah, um, I mean, Akira explores a lot of different themes. Um, it does, yeah. Like I mean, disaffected youth, uh, government corruption, a lot of government corruption, yeah, yeah. a lot of coup d'etats as well in this movie. Yes, there is. Um, quite a few. Religious zealotry, uh, nuclear energy based shit, and rebirth destruction yeah rebirth. yeah yeah because you know at the end of the, the cycle the, of life yeah yeah the, the cycle of life yeah you know <laughs> if lion king you know was on crack basically yeah. um so yeah uh i really love this movie um i've seen it quite a few times actually um i remember when i was seven or eight years old um 
oh god did you watch this as seven or eight nah what it was was um <laughs> I, I was like i couldn't sleep i was at my dad's house at the time and i come mm-hmm. downstairs to like just a dark room and he's watching akira and like literally at the start where you see the crater and then the like the, yeah, the explosion the, the giant yeah orb explosion. Like exactly where i'm living right now by the way which is very <laughs> scary um but just the red text that fills all of the screen. It's and like, just says wow, Akira. Akira. You know, and it's just like... Interesting, interesting thing about that Akira text is that after the movie came out, that color of red was like copyrighted. It's an actual copyrighted color called Akira Red. Yeah, because didn't they invent colors for this movie? I don't this know if they invented... I, some... co- I don't know if they invented colors, but I know that like all the... the their specific shade of red in... This movie is now like trademarked as Aki- like that red is called Akira Red, yeah, which yeah. is awesome. So I've got here. Um, since most of the movie takes place in the neon light dripping darkness of the city, a record total of three hundred and twenty-seven different colors were used. Fifty were exclusively created. For so, time. so do you want me to explain why that's the case? Why? Why? So, this is a, a little bit of an animation um, thing. Uh, like a tr- not a trick, but like a thing that they had to do because the um, the movie takes place primarily at night. Like yes. I would say, like probably what seventy yeah. percent of this movie is at night. Yeah, they had to light the scene somehow, right? So in animation, you could just draw that in, right? Yeah. But yeah. it doesn't look realistic, or at least the way that uh, they wanted it to look. So what they've done. Uh, And a good example you can see is in a lot of the scenes with the bikes Mm, mm. and the trails and, like, the big... um, There's, like, a a singular shot in the movie. I think it's when Tetsuo is on Kaneda's bike in the alleyway at the very start of the movie. And it kind of, like, pans down the city. Um, it's, It's done with... One is done with airbrush to make sure that it looks like light is kind of spilling out. But another thing that they did to get like a, a Gaussian blur on like the light effects was they would cut out that color. So if it was like the white of a headlight or something, they would cut out that color and have it be two frames. So you would have an entire black frame except for the cutout. And what would happen was is they would have it on a light table and they would shoot the light through. And because of the way light works, light just doesn't come out as like a pillar, right? It comes out in at all angles. So it would give them a Gaussian blur bloom effect on all the lights. Yeah. But the problem was if you do that for all the city shots where you see a lot of those really, really nice city shots, all those tiny windows, they had to punch out every single fucking window. Such a painstaking process. But yeah. It's one of the reasons this movie looks... It looks amazing. Amazing. Even, even, even today, 30 years later, yeah. it still looks amazing. Yeah, like the 4K remaster that has just been released as well. Um, yeah, still holds up yeah. today. In the 4K remaster, because I watched the, the 1080p version. In the 4K remaster, do they get rid of the film grain? Um, parts, yeah. Parts, okay. Yeah, I have the 4K. Um, and yeah, there's not so much difference because like with a 30 year movie, you can't really do too much. No, right. It, it's crisp. And yeah, that, that's what I mean. They probably ran it through some kind of a uh, upscaling filter because I yeah. know you can do that. Yeah. But one thing about this remaster is the music is better than ever. I mean, the soundtrack to this movie is absolutely okay, unbelievable. You <laughs> okay. Know? Do we do we want to let's let's talk about the music for a bit? <laughs> yeah. We'll talk about the music. 
Uh, I'll come back to the story because I have. Yeah, yeah, I we've got. Talk about, but I think music is one thing we we can talk about. I hate this soundtrack. Really, I hate it. Why? It is just so jarring and weird, and I just don't feel like it. Fit. So sometimes I feel like sometimes it fits perfectly, and then other times I'm just like, what? the fuck like who put this on this movie it's so weird because it's so many um a lot of the tracks are just like synth drums yeah 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 right like (laughs) but that's it gamelan lots of gamelan yeah lots of um yeah indonesian gamelan because it it's actually a musical collective who did the soundtrack it's a gay no yamashiro gumi which was um, founded by a guy and it consists of hundreds of people from all walks of life, like journalists, um, students, businessmen. Hmm, interesting. And yeah. And that ties into the themes. Of they the originally made folk music and then okay. they were asked, um, I think after their first album by Ultimo to like score the film. Um, and the soundtrack is actually a mix of digital synths, like you said. And uh yeah, bamboo percussion and theatrical. That's and what. That's what. Yeah. That's. I couldn't place what that sound was. Like it was some kind of like hollow yeah. instrument. I'm like, what is that sound? It's so. Um, it sounds so unlike any other instrument. That when I heard it, I'm like, I've heard this before, but I can't tell what this is. Yeah. But now, now that you mention that, I just think of the the deer scares from <laughs> Japan, where it's got the water going and it goes dong dong dong. But it's just someone going dong 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 dong. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like at some points in this movie, um, I think the soundtrack really works, especially like during the destruction of the city. I think it's like really like haunting and mm. how do I say like really. Not orchestral, but kind of like just, just that sound, like a really dissonant kind of like church organ. Mm. Just you know, as buildings are falling down, and it's like, wow, this is the end of the world, you know. And this is the thing about this movie: there's so many extremes. <laughs> yeah, like, this this movie is <laughs> man, it's out there. Um, I don't. The track that I just did not get the place of was the weird like breathing track. The breathing that track. Po- <sighs> it's just like someone going, oh, yeah. But it, they're not saying words. It's just like someone like breathing. <laughs> That's where corn got their inspiration from. Yeah, maybe. I, don't, I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, but it's it's really weird and off-putting. But maybe that's the intention of the mm. track. It's just like. It took me out of scenes because all I can hear is just someone going, yes, 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 yes. I'm like, what the, f- what the fuck is this music? Hey, let me look at my notes to, to see what I actually wrote about this because I know I, I wrote things about, yeah, I wrote, the music is really weird for a movie score. Um, I wrote, the music in this movie is really weird again. <laughs> Yeah, it's just, it's just really, yeah, sometimes it fits and sometimes I feel like it's out of place is what, what I had said about it. And I, I think it's just, I don't know. I don't know what to say because sometimes it works and then other times it's just like, I think in terms of like different cyberpunk kind of, um, media, I mean, if you look at Blade Runner, you know, stuff like Dark City, right. And Akira, 
each soundtrack is like very unique and like yeah, you, you can different. you can go back to Blade Runner and go oh Vangelis you know what I mean like you, you always <laughs> yeah. refer to like Blade Runner like that I forget who scored Dark City but like the score for that is very very unique as well yep. and it's the same with Akira and I think it's like really common like I mean, even The Matrix. I mean, would you count that as cyberpunk? Of course, nah, kind of. But uh, I mean, yeah, I would. I would say The Matrix is probably Johnny Mnemonic. Cyberpunk. You know, Johnny, <laughs> Johnny <laughs> Mnemonic is definitely cyberpunk. Yeah, so you know, Scanner Darkly, all that kind of stuff. Um, each of their soundtracks has like a really unique feel. And what I love about Akira is it is definitely Akira when you listen to it. Like, right. Yeah. Nothing else you know, sounds like this. Like, it I, is incredibly like uh, how do I say unique. You know, mm. in that sense. So, um, yeah. Maybe that's just... It, it is unique, but I just don't know if it works <laughs> for me. Yeah. So. But but, but the, the the alternative option is, like, people are putting, like... They'll, they'll upload a clip to YouTube and they'll put some kind of, like, high-energy fucking synthwave shit on top of it. I'm like, this doesn't work either. <laughs> it's just, like, Skrillex. It's not, not even Skrillex. Skrillex. It's, like, it's, like, a, it's like a shit like Perturbator or... Kanye um, West. <laughs> not Kanye. Kanye West wishes. Yeah. He did the video, of course, but... Characters. Um, what did you think to our main kind of hero and... Uh, I'd say anti-hero in this case. <laughs> uh, Ted's, yeah. Or Canada. Yeah, Canada. Can- uh, okay, wh- who are you talking about specifically? Uh, Canada, like, Canada, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say either of them are heroes. Well, Canada's just like your rough and tumble Bosozoku. Yeah, you know, school dropout gang. that you know is a cock has like a nice bike with a lot of stickers on it. <laughs> And he's like, no one else can ride this, only me, you know, and... Um, that bike is so cool. Yeah, pervs after some girl who becomes a sidekick and just kicks his ass and, yeah, ends up disappearing into just a singularity and then... I, I guess. Get, and then gets shot out again. Well, we'll, t- we'll talk about the ending <laughs> later because I have some thoughts on the ending. Um, but yeah, I, I like Canada. Is it, him and Tetsuo, like, Tetsuo is a great foil for him because there's like a... Uh, how do I say? Like, there's the childhood rivalry. There's right. all that kind of stuff. And well, it's interesting because later on, Kaneda sees, I guess, Tetsuo's memory yeah. of them as children at what I assume is an orphanage when he's in the weird sphere of light kind of thing. Yeah, yeah but yeah. but they're like they're like in an orphanage or like some kind of like gay <coughs> home. Like I. Again, this is another thing where the movie shows me something but has no context for what I'm being shown, so I have no idea where the why fuck is this is happening. Why is it why is there is a it, weird Is slide? it an orphanage? I don't know. Like <laughs> why is the ground opening? You know? <laughs> yeah. It, sure. Yeah. But yeah, so I like I like I like Kaneda as as a character. And I think the interesting thing is like I've read the manga. Kaneda isn't really the main character in the manga like at all he's kind of just there well they're all kind of side characters in the yes manga yeah there's so of. many of them in the manga. yes like, there's lots ridiculous amounts of characters and um only some are fleshed out i feel like tetsuo was the only one in the manga that really gets fleshed out but maybe maybe that was kind of the genius thing about about him coming to direct this knowing his own material yeah and making kaneda that uh, kind of protagonist character because mm, mm, mm. I mean the story of Akira in the manga he's he's like more present in the first two books yeah yeah and then there's like a book where he's just not there at all no. <laughs> well the manga shifts onto like the title character yeah to, to Tetsuo oh later. Akira like oh, they, they bring back the 
the kid that like annihilated everybody. Oh, spoilers. Yeah, spoilers for a 35-year-old manga, I think. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, and like Akira, the actual kid in this appears right. at the end and like that's the, you know, wow, that's the shock, right? Right. Wow, it's back kind of thing. But um, yeah, I, I feel like because this is a movie and obviously... You know, it had to follow some kind of tropes. You know, they had they had to make Canada more of like a kind of the main protagonist, right? And Tetsuo just a psychopath. I mean, you know, irredeemable psychopath. Canada is just—he's just the coolest guy. Yeah, like like literally, he is. He is like the rule of cool dude. He's got a sick ass motorbike. He has an awesome leather jacket. He basically does like ridiculous gymnastical feats like through most of the movie yeah, yeah there's like shit where he's like jumping off of uh not jumping off of a bike but he's like jumping off that that like drainage oh, ditch oh. and he like jumps onto, onto that the front of the car. bike yeah he drop kicks that guy yeah oh. or when he drop <laughs> he jumps onto like the fender of the front fender of the the bike and like kicks the guy through his yeah. windshield yeah there's like that he's split just... second way he's just like he's on the front bumper for like yeah. two seconds <laughs> like yeah. you can still see it speeding but yeah not realistic he's though. just uh, the coolest guy a bozozoka with no tattoos or at least we don't see the tattoos well i mean it's after world war three who knows Fair like enough. maybe yeah, maybe 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 tattoos are banned maybe, maybe. Maybe. It's possible. There's I mean, a, the fucking the, the military's taking there's a, over. There's a tattoo ink shortage, yeah, just like maybe. in the UK. Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> right? Like just a backlog of HGV drivers waiting to get into Tokyo. That's that's one of the kind of things that I think is interesting, though, about this setting. And I want to talk about the setting later. Um, but is that it's set in 2019, right? So obviously, if you're listening to this podcast, you realize that it's 2021 yeah, and you're 2019 in the future. has yeah. been has been over. <laughs> but it it does line up like kind of weirdly well with our own timeline in a way that I didn't expect. Are you talking about the Olympics? Uh, I, the Olympics is one thing, but I, I'm talking about like you look at that movie and it's set in 2019, and they have all this like kind of ridiculous technology. Like you look at Tetsuo's bike, and you're like holy shit, how does something like that exist? Right, it's got like a touchscreen. Yeah, yeah. Shit. Or Kaneda's yeah. bike, I mean. Um, but you go, how the how the hell does shit like that exist? <laughs> but it makes sense in the context of the movie when you know that in 1988, World War Three started. There would be a technological jump because they're. They're they're pushing through like a war effort, right? Yeah. Then it yeah. becomes an arms race, but technology from the war would have trickled back into kind of everyday life. So you see like the city and it's like super built up yeah. and fucking neon lights e- Evergrande, and like yeah, yeah, <laughs> Chinese company just yeah, like exactly right the market, you know. But it may but it makes sense in in a weird way. I'm like okay, this given the history you've told me feasibly makes sense that stuff could be this technologically advanced in 2019 yeah like i get it yeah yeah and um the olympics of course um, <laughs> yeah it's very i mean this movie was well if you, if you count the production mm. older than 30 years yeah um and they predicted the tokyo 2020 olympics. slash 2021 2021 olympics, olympics and yeah. uh there's calls in this movie as you saw the graffiti right outside yeah. the stadium it's like boycott cancel yeah it's eerie that it's, is it's very weird because the thing the is case. when when tokyo got the olympics i think it was what 2013 yep you know i myself and a few other people were like wow this movie fucking predicted it wow amazing but what they didn't predict was you know people were calling for it to be canceled mm-hmm. because in real life we, we, we were living in like i mean in 2020 was it was the worst wasn't it so like yeah. 
you know, that stuns me more than the fact that Tokyo actually got the games right, yeah, in 2020. Yeah. But the fact that like people were saying, boycott it. It, it, and it's it, just it like lines, wow it lines up so yeah, well with so the... well like i want to i want to speak to ultimo san and just be like yo you know when am i gonna fucking die <laughs> if you know all this you, shit are you, like... <laughs> you know so yeah yeah absolutely yeah it, it's interesting that 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 was the case um let's talk about i think the kind of i guess he's the leading character other than canada let's talk about tetsuo okay yeah crazy hair fucking crazy well, he hair. goes super saiyan essentially yeah. right weird arm as well oh yeah 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 he, well the satellite that he <laughs> he goes okay to yeah so okay let, let's let's start let's start uh tetsuo's kind of adventure through this movie yeah right? yeah okay. we keep jumping ahead <laughs> so he he starts as a kid and he's kind of like he's just kind of been like shit on his entire life right yeah, like yeah. he's like an orphan people beat him up which you see later in the movie his mates suck yeah everybody so everyone su- everyone treats him like a fucking kid despite is. them being in i guess they're all in the same grade ish maybe like one or two years difference yeah yeah the subtle digs like canada's like your bike shit <laughs> yeah, Mine, like, mine's amazing he's like, like yeah like, when you can when you can learn how to ride a bicycle maybe those can... wheels yeah, Ugh, yeah. <laughs> and it's it's funny because that wraps around later in the in the movie when Canada's like, "Oh, are you okay?" Like he actually like cares about Tetsuo, but Tetsuo's like, "Like fuck you." He's like, "You're making fun of me again." You right? can now. Yeah. Now that I'm a fucking psychic that can crush your head. <laughs> yeah, like, basically. With a flick of my fingers. Now you fucking care. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. So yeah. he he ends up getting psychic powers and he goes through uh basically what is I would attribute as an extended fucking fever dream metamorphosis right? kind of yeah, yeah. but it's he just, like he just goes he just goes just, nuts yeah, right yeah. and there's i was surprised watching this again by how gory it is oh yeah yeah oh are you talking about where he escapes the hospital after yes, fighting the weird yeah. milk bear thing <laughs> yes well that's <laughs> is it milk that's you know? weird that's a weird scene as well i mean that's like the entire fucking and movie. he wakes up his cut his foot and he yeah. just yeah and then no i'm talking about the scene where um, he's, he's escaped the, uh, facility and he goes to meet Kauri and they see, they steal, uh, Kaneda's bike. Ah, uh, yeah. And they get attacked by the, the clowns or whatever. And then after Kaneda comes and saves him, he starts flipping out. Drop kick. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> after the he, drop he, kick. he starts flipping out, but there's like the scene where he, he, it's very short. He falls on his hands and knees. And then his entire his guts, guts just fall out yeah, on the his ground. Yeah, intestines. Yeah, yeah. And well, he's imagining. It, he's right? imagining. It, so yeah. like, you know, he's, he's, putting... so he's like trying to put it back into his body. Yeah. But yeah, it's just like wow, like holy shit. And then man, the entire last ten minutes of that movie is just a body horror fan's wet dream. I think South Park did that in the episode <laughs> yeah. Trapper Keeper as well, where Cartman just becomes it's like a giant blob man, <laughs> just a giant <laughs> Trapper Keeper. But yeah, I think that was the scene that disturbed me most as a kid because, like, apart from the fact that he just like absolutely bit crushes his missus, like at the end yeah. when she's in that mat, like she just becomes a pool of oh god. But like the intestine—that that bit... was one thing that uh, from because I watched this when I was a teenager. That was one scene that just burned into my brain. Yeah, like yeah. when he just body just horror crushes absolutely her, absolutely evaporates. But that doesn't happen you know, in the manga. Pfizer. Yeah, it doesn't happen in the manga though. She gets shot in the manga. Yeah, by like a acolyte of uh, 
Akira. Yeah. Or Tetsuo, I forget. But one of the members of the yeah, great yeah. Tokyo Empire. See, it's all fleshed out in the manga. Yeah. But, um, yeah. And this is where I think that this movie has problems. Is because it's cutting down too much. I don't think you could cut down Akira into a two-hour movie. Mm. It doesn't work because it's missing so much context of what's going on and what's happening that I think probably in volumes four, five, six is explained more. Mm. And it's just it's just not there. No. And then by the end of this movie, you know, Tetsuo's gone. Akira's gone, the three kids are gone, Tokyo's blown up, but everything's relatively okay. <laughs> you know, like, Tokyo was already kind of like a shithole. Yeah. Now it's just a shithole with a big crater. My problem with this movie is, I love this movie, by the way, but if I had to choose a problem, it's that Tokyo feels like its own kind of entity, right? Yes. Like, it doesn't feel a part of Japan. We don't hear about Japan. We don't hear about the ramifications of World War Three on any part of japan no we don't know about any kind of western powers any geopolitics anything it just feels just unique to its setting that's all right right? and like that's good because you get like an adventure in this place and it really fleshes it out however um and there's references in there to like kizarazu and all these places like being part of the old city because technically like this new area of tokyo is like where odaiba is Right. You know, which <laughs> wasn't built until 1995, yep. I think. Mm-hmm. So again, there you go. Akira predicting stuff. A man-made island in the middle of Tokyo Bay. Um, and yeah, so like at the end of the an- uh, at the end of the anime movie, um, they just drive off into the distance. But in the manga, there's like the UN there. And they're like, hey, we're here to help. And they're <laughs> like, nah, fuck you. We're the Tokyo Empire. Like, fuck you. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. so. Like, I assume in the manga at that point that Tetsuo is still around because he asked he i assume that he is well in the anime he becomes like a god right is that how you interpret it we'll talk we'll talk about we'll talk about the ending (laughs) but yeah so i i agree with you um in that tokyo they don't really talk about it too much it just kind of is where the the story takes place yeah right I think I wrote this in my in my notes here. I said the trappings of Neo Tokyo are mostly irrelevant set dressing, but it works well to set the tone that you wanted of the movie. Oh, it's beautiful! It's, it's, it's absolutely it looks beautiful. it looks amazing. Yeah, like how it there's like one scene where like you it takes you through the streets and like yeah. all the buildings are moving in like different directions, and then like they're driving on a bridge and you see the reflection of the city in the water and it's yeah. just this mirror image of just it, like lights and the, Batman the, lights and everything. The and shots of Tokyo itself that they've animated look phenomenal. Yeah, like, absolutely. It's absolutely amazing. Way ahead of its time. Way ahead of its time. Yeah. Like that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, you don't even see that in like a Ghibli movie as much as I love that stuff as well. But Not particularly, no. Nah, but yeah, absolutely stunning. Um, but Tetsuo, yeah, kind of, you know, flies to space. Okay, yeah, so so <laughs> he gets psychic powers, he becomes way more powerful, to the point where I forgot that this happened. <laughs> he He's, like, fighting Kaneda, who's, like, trying to shoot him with a laser gun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he shoots him in, like, the chest, but it doesn't have enough power, so it kind of just, like, burns his shirt. And he's like, oh. I'm like, at that point, I'm like, oh, Te- Tetsuo's just gonna go... <laughs> And, like, turn him to, like, goo, right? Because, like, he can just do that. It's not hard. Just goo. Yeah. And I'm like, okay. And then they get hit by the fucking orbital laser. 
and it blows <laughs> off his arm. And I'm like, only oh. his arm. Yeah, only his arm. I don't know how that yeah, happened. Yeah, but yeah, like, he's in the arm. full beam. But like, it just, just. The, yeah, he jumped out of the way. Just the, the arm that he doesn't masturbate with. Yeah. You know, he just, <laughs> just evaporates. On his so he gets his arm blown off, and I'm like, I'm like, how did he deal with the laser? I don't remember. And then he just jumps into space. Yeah, he just holds his breath. Or yeah, I mean. <laughs> I guess. I don't know. He had, like, a red aura. Is that, like, a shield of some kind? Like, again, this is, like, they don't explain anything. You just go, okay, yeah, psychic powers, whatever. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah. I don't care about that. Yeah. That's yeah. I can I can just go, oh, he's psychic. Well, I mean, sure. if, if Princess Leia can do it. He yeah, can do I mean, sure. You know? <laughs> exactly, right? <laughs> yeah. Let's see her try to make a metal arm. <laughs> yeah. Um, as far as the side characters go, were there any that really interested you? Like, in- I mean... Were there any that were really memorable? K um, K is kind of like just like a whatever character. Yeah, like she's there as kind of Kaneda's foil, as far as like Kaneda is this kind of rambunctious. Like he's the he's that Bosuzoku biker like mm, idiot, just high school horny kid. teenager. Yeah, where she's a lot more grounded. But you can tell the way that they portray her in this movie is like, it's kind of, it's a little bit her first rodeo, right? Like she shoots a guy and she's like, oh my God, like I just shot a dude. Like, and she, she full on like destroys his face. Yeah. She shoots him scene. right in the yeah. face. Oh, God. Yeah. Uh, the kids, the psychic kids, that, that kind of arc is, um, I mean, there's no context until later in the story, right? You know, they're just old looking kids. Um, mm-hmm. And you don't have any idea why they're but, there. Do until... they, but do they they ever explain why they're old looking? Um, there's this scene in the orphanage where, like, basically the kids become psychic. Yes, and... yeah. They, I mean, that's like, in the movie. How they become elderly? I don't know. Maybe they, they, they just... don't. They again. This is my problem. They, just they don't bottle explain... up the psychic energy, and it just you know they end up looking like Gordon Ramsay. Yeah. <laughs> I think they look a little bit more like Louis Anderson. I'm sure someone's made that joke. I can't be the only one who thought they looked like Louis Anderson. <laughs> yeah. So, um, this movie uh, has had... They, they, this movie, they say, has had like a significant like impact on pop culture. Yeah, especially. oh, for sure. Yeah, and I think every kind of anime after this movie suffered from kind of Akira kind of comparisons. Even Ghost <laughs> in the Shell, which is... Completely unique in its own right. I think right. even on the original posters or something, they were they were comparing it. Are to you Akira. talking about the the Scarlett Johansson movie? No, no way, no okay. way. We, we, we should watch that for this podcast because you're, it's you're talking hilariously about, bad. You're talking about Ghost in the Shell, the, the Mamoru she like yeah, okay. original, you know, existential trip. That you know, also a great movie. Oh phenomenal movie i like that movie way more than i like akira really oh yeah we should do that next (laughs) but yeah in terms of um even things like the matrix you know anything cyberpunky after akira they kind of slap the akira tag on because yeah visionary groundbreaking it's a little bit weird because like i don't yes akira is important in that way and i mean uh the the Akira like bike sliding thing has been homaged. I think there's like an actual statistic. Like it's the most homaged scene in other 
like anime mm, mm. or or in other shows mm. like i've i watched like a compilation there's like 50 60 70 different shows yeah. that have this this homage to akira so obviously it's had a huge impact on people who are working in the industry now yeah. but i think as far as its reach as a cyberpunk or like a dystopian type movie is a little bit overstated yeah I think Blade Runner is a lot more uh, to to do with that, or even The Matrix, which is weird to say because The Matrix kind of apes uh, Akira <laughs> in, in in an odd way. Yeah, Blade Runner was nineteen eighty two. Yeah, yeah. So it, it makes sense because um, uh, Katsuhiro Tomo said that his inspiration for making this movie was Blade Runner. Yeah, of course. I mean, I mean, Tokyo looks like. Yeah. Blade Runner in, yeah. in except Blade the Runner. weird pyramid. Shit. Yeah, that that's not there. But <laughs> but yeah, absolutely. Um, any more hot takes that you have on this movie? <laughs> hot takes on this movie. Um, didn't you notice like a very popular Japanese sports team? Oh, still yeah. exists. Okay, so so in like the first like ten minutes of the movie, when uh, Takashi is being like dragged around by whoever the guy was, I don't even think he had a name. Um, I noticed that he was wearing a Yomiura Giants hat. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, they survived World War Three. That's good. Yeah, yeah. And the Yebizu Beer Company. Yep. yep. Still around. Yeah, yeah, you can see the well the Some... Buddha's now in three D. Three D. Did I call him a Buddha? He's not uh, a Buddha. He's just like a really he's like big a guy. He's like the Kami of the <laughs> getting drunk a lot turn. of Yebizu. You know, yeah. he's got a lot of money. But yeah. Um this film was widely credited for breaking anime into the mainstream. In the West? Yeah, I, I can see how that's the case. Would you say that um, it was one of the first that you saw? No. No way. No. No, because I have a little bit of a weird situation there because my I have older cousins and they were going to like VHS swap meets for like bootleg Hong Kong anime, like someone's double. Betamax boogies. Yeah, kind, kind of, of, yeah. Like someone, someone has taken their, their rip of you know, whatever, like Ranma one half from TV that played in Tokyo, <laughs> somehow they've managed to get a, a VHS copy of it. And then they've like double decked it and like superimposed the subtitles on it. So like I was watching that far before I saw Akira. Yeah. 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 And Akira, um, according to my trivia notes, and obviously we do live in Japan. Um, Akira means bright, intelligent, and clear in Japanese. Mm, that makes sense. Yeah. There's a lot of light uh, symbolism. Yeah. I, I, this is this. We're gonna need a thing going <laughs> forward here. That every time there's symbolism, <laughs> I just need to have like a, a button I can press. Uh, like symbolism a sound, alarm. A, a sound. A, no, just a soundboard of someone going symbolism. <laughs> I say we record that right now. We, we, we take that, <laughs> we, take that. Right? we just merge it, and then if we dive into symbolism in the future, then we just tape symbolism. Symbolism with like some some Akira kind of like bamboo drum in the background. Um, are there any other characters you really want to talk about? Because like I don't feel that there is per se. I want to talk about the characters in relation to the themes of the movie. Yeah. But as far as, like, specific characters are, I mean, there's kind of only two, really. I mean, like, Kai is there, but he's kind of, like, 
the dude we get a ride on the bike from. Yeah, and like yeah. Yamagata's there, and he's kind of like the he dude says, that explodes in the bar. Yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah like that's, that's kind of like there's not much else to really say about those characters. I'm a fan of the Colonel. Um, he's he's like a guy who's grappling with you know he's in government and like the government's ripping itself apart and has no identity. Right. Lots of kind of backstabbing. Lots of coup d'etats, as we mentioned. Mm-hmm. Like you know. Imperial residents being not imperial, um, political residences like the LDP just being like murked. Okay, you know, and the colonel's just in the middle of it all, trying to find his kind of way, which I I thought was a really kind of like nice take. And in the manga, he has more of a relationship with Canada, okay. and they part ways as kind of I don't know friends or whatever. But um, I think his fate is very um, ambiguous at the end. Oh, I liked his movie. development over the movie, but. Um, especially his relationship with the doctor because he doesn't really like the science. No. You know, he, he really hates it. And um, I think at one point he says, I think like a soldier. Yes. You know. And, and yeah, he says that specifically to the side. He's like, you wouldn't you wouldn't understand why I think this way because you're not a soldier. Yeah, yeah. And um, I, I think he's a really interesting character. But Yeah, so, so like that's one of the themes I wanted to, to talk about um, specifically for this movie is there's there's a theme um that kind of runs through the entire movie of power corrupting absolutely like mm. when you when you get power you are not necessarily going to use it for benevolent purposes like you look at Tetsuo he he's this kid who's been had this awful life he thinks his friends you know beat up on him and mm. then suddenly you give him god powers and like yeah of course of course he's going to be evil yeah yeah because all he knows is just getting shit on now it's his time to get revenge mm. right mm. Mm. but there's an interesting thing that had that happens with the themes of this movie is um people turning into children yeah did you notice yes so there's a specific scene in the movie where the colonel is at some kind of like the the government meeting, like the heads of the mm-hmm. government meeting, and it's these uh... they're they're all like you know high ranking government officials, but they just they act like fucking children. Yeah, they're like and you the suck, you know. Yeah, he's like you, you suck. You don't know this shit. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They they act like fucking children. Like these are the people who are supposed to be running the country. What was and, that dickhead? And you they know? act like <laughs> children. And the colonel the colonel does the right thing by going. This is fucking stupid. I'm not going to deal with I'm people out. who yeah. act like children yeah. I'm gonna and leave. <laughs> Contrast this to Tetsuo in the later part of the movie mm. is that when Tetsuo reaches his like maximum potential, like after he goes like f- body horror and gets like huge, yeah. what does he turn into? A god. No, he turns into a child. He literally turns oh, into a yes. baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He more meta- yeah, he, like, he metamorphosizes in into a child. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah right? Yeah. And I think that I don't know if this was intentional or not. Maybe this is this is a this is what Shakespeare actually meant type <laughs> type bullshit. But um, I think that that was a theme of the movie. You see it in the group of people who are supposed to be running Japan. They're supposed to be the people who are in control and know what they're doing, and they act like children. Mm. Same thing with Tetsuo. Once he reaches his like maximum potential, he reverts back to. A child, like yeah. literally a yeah. giant child. Well, the the main theme of this uh, movie is rebirth, right? Right. So, yeah, I mean, if you look at society in general, it needed 
a drastic change because at the start of the movie you've got people uh, who want to repeal tax reforms and right. you know there's like rubber bullets you know like tear gas mace right. you know f- fucking fire hand grenades you know when the guy tries to blow up the fucking JP Post or wherever they're being held <laughs> yeah <laughs> I, I think it's a police station <laughs> it's a police station but it looks it does strangely look like a JP, like a JP Post, Post. You know, yeah, they um, have the, the fake walls they've just like, yeah, just in. erected that yeah. are like, you know, four meters tall and you can just peek over them. Yeah. And what are you doing? But, um, yeah. Um, so society in this, you know, is, I wouldn't say it's childish, but everybody's against each other. It's fucking chaos, right? Right. You've got the press that are just everywhere. You've got the government, which is like destroying each other. Yeah. Literally the, with tanks nothing, and nothing can get done. Yeah. Um, you've got like freedom fighters. Um, splintering off of these government groups, yep. mercenaries, and then you've got you know the citizens of Tokyo that are just pissed off, yeah, because the city and they're all disaffected disca- youth, yeah. Like and then at the end, it just all gets stripped down. It's it's really interesting too. There there's a specific scene. Do you remember the scene when they're on like that sky bridge uh, with, with, with the-, the girls at the when. When the guys, when the army dudes like come out the smoke and just start shooting everyone on the sky bridge because the, I guess there's like a terrorist bombing or whatever. Ah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Do you ever notice uh, how, yeah, yeah. do you ever notice how that, that like sky bridge area was like super nice and clean? Yeah. But then wherever Tetsuo and Yamagata and uh, Kaneda live, it's, it's just, like the gut. It's just like yeah. absolute shit. Hmm. It's graffiti fucking everywhere. You look at their school, their school's like just like an absolute shit show nothing's getting done the principal clearly doesn't give a shit because mm. he's just there collecting a, a paycheck or whatever yeah yeah and i'm like yeah like that's just a bra on the statue you yeah know, yep. outside yeah yeah it's society has i think the colonel says it he's like the fervor of rebuilding after akira is over now everyone's kind of like turned into lazy like hedonistic you mm. know just it's just an absolute shit show now. Mm. And because the government has fucked up so much that it's gotten way worse than it probably would have been. Mm. 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 Squarest head in anime as well, I think. The current. Oh, yeah, he's very square <laughs> Just a giant blockhead. I mean, he, he is literally made of two squares. His head is a square <laughs> and then his hair is his a square. His body's a square and his gun's a square as his, well. His gun is very square. Yeah. Um, Another thing that I wanted to talk about was like... Um, like humans and the relationship between humans and machines yeah as well mm. and i think that that's probably a little bit more explored in the manga uh compared to this but you have stuff with like even even going back to something simple like Kaneda's bike he says something yeah. like oh this bike is tuned specifically for, for me. me yeah you couldn't handle you it you can handle it and um there's humans dealing with like how they dealt with Akira, where they keep him in like this giant weird bauble in like yeah, in some fucking frozen frozen thing under the the Olympic Stadium, <laughs> and then you have like at the end of the movie, you have Tetsuo literally merging with like mechanical stuff, and I wonder if there's a little bit of subtext of um, humans kind of like don't understand what kind of power they're dealing with like mm. they f- they flirt with danger all the time mm. and they don't understand the ramifications and that's why the colonel is an interesting character because he understands what goes wrong when you you uh try to fuck with stuff that um 
is beyond your control. Yeah. Right? You think you can rein it in, mm. but you can't. And he stands as like a firm like rejection of that all yeah. the way through. Mm-hmm. That's why he's like probably the best character in it, I think, personally. But yeah. And Tetsuo um, translates to Iron Man. Mm, and actually, yeah, that makes later on, yeah. I don't know if it was in the 80s um, or the 90s, but they made a, a body horror kind of like weird gothic punk, like cyberpunky movie called Tetsuo the Iron Man. Oh, where a guy okay. literally just becomes a fucking drill. Okay. You know, <laughs> some mm. metal f- uh, fetishist. I can never, I can't say it. But um, yeah, I think. I don't know if that was earlier, actually, but either way, there was an influence there, yeah. kind of thing. So, yeah, um, I really enjoyed watching this movie back um, um, on Japanese Netflix. There's no English subtitles, so it was it was. Oh, pretty... so you watched the entire movie in Japanese? I watched. With no um, I watched one third, um, and then I went back to the the Blu-ray the 4K Blu-ray box movie. I've got um, and watched it with subs. But here's the thing. Um, I don't know if you've actually <laughs> listened to the English dub at yeah. all, but like... I mean, I w- when I watched it originally, I watched the English dub. So there's two dubs. There's the Streamline, which is absolute shit. Horrible mm-hmm. voice acting. Yeah, just enjoy these. Um, <laughs> these suck. No way. My bike? Oh, no. Battery's busted. Let's hit it. Do it now. Thematic Canada. Oh! The battery, the battery. My bike. What's the matter with you? Now you're king of the mountain, aren't you? But it's all garbage. And then there's the Pioneer one, which is not bad. I think the Pioneer one was done later, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I think that was for the re-release in and, 2000. And I've seen the the version I saw was the first one. Yeah, the, the streamline one, where he's like, "Let's finish this once and for all." We'll, we'll probably put the voice clip in there, yeah, um, if we can find it. But um, the streamline one is that Cam Clark. Yes, yeah, yeah, it's it's Cam, Cam Clark Clark's in as that, right? Canada, <laughs> yeah. and it. So it was weird because I I I went back to kind of like check the the translation of of things just to see like oh like what what did they change what did they do and that specific scene where Te, uh, Tetsuo is on Canada's bike at the start of the movie. And then I watched it in English after I had watched the Japanese version. I'm like, what is this? <laughs> it's just, it's so weird to be like, just to hear Cam Clark being like, ah, you want to ride that bike, Tetsuo? <laughs> it's too, it's too fast for you. Well, like, because singularity. Because you, <laughs> you, you can clearly tell that like, they're doing their best to try and match it to the mouth movements yeah but so many of the characters are just miscast like yamagata the the way that yamagata has had his dialogue translated in that scene to uh tetsuo is really fucking weird Mm -hmm. he's just like he talks like he's like 35 (laughs) he's like he's like that that bike will like spit you out kid and he he talks like this like weird like this weird accent like he he sounds way older than he actually is because these kids are supposed to be like what 16 17 ish yeah yeah but he sounds like he's 35 that bike will spit you out kid he's got some kind of gravitas for for yeah which is non-existent it's so weird unless you've gone to speech contests at that age and stuff here's a bit of trivia for you that i found we were on about the satellite but i just Mm. found this um (laughs) this is on imdb which 
isn't helpful, but like, I want you to like listen to this sentence and just tell me what's wrong with this sentence. Okay. Mm. The scene in which Tetsuo flies up into outer space to destroy the satellite is very scientifically accurate in the sense that there's little to no noise once he leaves the Earth due to the fact that there's no medium for which sound to travel through in space that's audible to the human ear. I mean, yes, true. But they just said that when he flies up into outer space is scientifically accurate. <laughs> I mean, In that sentence, like... <laughs> I mean, yeah, there's no noise, but come on. I, I like... mean, they're saying it's scientifically accurate in that in that scene there's no noise. They're not saying it's scientifically accurate that he can jump into space. Shouldn't be in the same sentence. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, stuff. it's a little bit weird to, <laughs> to have that fact right after a man has jumped through the stratosphere yeah yeah absolutely. it's a little bit weird it's a little bit weird that that's the case where <laughs> he just suddenly jumps into space like I, I understand that this is like his powers are escalating right and like to make it kind of a show of force but where, it's just like fuck it space yeah he just jumps <laughs> to space and it's like okay sure yeah why not yeah yeah um is there anything else i want to mention about this movie because there's so, like I, I say I have a love-hate relationship with this movie because I think that this movie, even 30 years later, looks fucking amazing. Oh, it is. Like, if yeah. you took out all the dialogue and didn't have a person say a damn word and just, like, watched the movie as kind of a, a set piece of, like, mm. animation, yeah, is it looks great. Yeah. And how they've kind of um, made the environment, the bikes, like you said, the technology, the cities... Mm -hmm. The run-down fucking Tori Kizoku that's just, like, yeah. in the middle of the city. Just all this kind of stuff is just really... And they, yeah, they don't even really mention it, right? Yeah, it, you just But it, it sets a very... It sets such a tone you for can, that movie. You, like, you could fucking smell that. Mm. You know what I mean? In areas, like, it's so rich in color and, like, atmospheric. Mm -hmm. um, and even the sound, like like I mentioned at the start, the citizens kind of rioting and stuff. You, you, you feel like you're there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and the sound effects, the foley is incredible. Um, yeah, the, the, gun, the gunshots sound great, and the explosions sound yeah, great the too. Explosions are just crazy. Lots of explosions in this movie. If you're yes, not a fan of explosions, there's a lot of explosions. Um, so they're thinking about remaking it. Yes. So um, Taika Waititi, um, yep. I think this is uh, how to pronounce his name. He directed Ragnarok. Um, mm -hmm. Great uh, director. All around nice guy, actually. He's been a, on a lot of chat shows in the UK. Really Seems funny dude. Seems like... Yeah. We'll, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. We'll but see. he wants to adapt this. I mean, it's been in development hell for years and years. Of and, course. And, like, suffered from whitewashing, you know, um, because they wanted... I think at the time, Leonardo DiCaprio was Canada, oh, like, Jesus many fuck. years ago. And they were going to set it in, like, some kind of um, Asian kind of version of New York... You know, okay. where like, so just imagine Akira reversed and Americanized and just white actors playing it. No, Asians. just d don't fucking do it. I think half of the charm about this movie is that it takes place where it takes place. Yeah, exactly. Like, and, yeah, it has such a, a vibe, such a presence that if you just rip that away, set it somewhere else, it's not the same. It, mm. it just does not work because... It, the, the even like the the biker uh, Bozozoku gangs, like those don't exist in the same way that they existed in America, mm. and stuff like that is very wholly Japanese. Mm. It's very specific to this 
I would say this area, but this country. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, yeah, okay, bike gangs exist in other countries, but the way it's portrayed, yeah. the the school life of, like, Kaneda and Tetsuo, I think is, like, kind of an important thing mm. to the, the plot. It just, it ties together, like, Tokyo as a setting ties together this movie in a way that I think a lot of people kind of underestimate. Like, people think oh you can just move the characters to a different place and it'll work mm. it won't mm. i see a lot of comparisons with say J- japan's kind of identity mm-hmm. after this event so like obviously in reality world war Two, the american occupation all that kind yep. of stuff mm-hmm. and then japan forged its own place in the world but like this is world war three again a cataclysmic kind of bomb goes off yep. in japan and then 33 years later you're seeing this aftermath but it's like some sort of twisted dystopian reality where like all this shit happens. Right. Yeah. Like it, it's it's weird because like living here, knowing um, just how like the the city is and stuff. Like I would say, you know, after World War Three, I could honestly say I could understand how that's a plausible future. Mm, mm. It, it that that's the thing. Like it it feels plausible in a way that I don't think it would if you said it somewhere else. Mm, mm, mm. Yeah. And I think that the, I mean, the, the setting is what it is. And I think it would, wouldn't work in a remake. I also don't know how you would do the story either. I think that if you released an Akira movie that followed the manga and it was just going to be one, one two-hour movie yeah people would leave the theater i think he wants to adapt the manga but like into a volume of like three movies basically okay he, do like want, an he wants to do the hobbit <laughs> basically yeah yeah i'd love to see like Ultimo get like a consultant kind of role on it i um, want just cast japanese actors for fuck's yeah, sake yeah make the entire <laughs> fucking movie in japanese i don't care but that is such a it is such an important part of the setting of this movie. Yeah, exactly. That I think if you said it anywhere else, people are just going to go, eh. That's the thing, because it's like, has a, uh, like, you know, anywhere else in the world, like, for example, Europe or something like that. If you said Akira in Europe. Yeah. If, like, like imagine, imagine you said Akira in, like, London or something, right? <laughs> like, it just, it does not fucking work. It, I mean. It, it doesn't. <laughs> I mean, there'd be more kind of like chip shops. Yeah, I mean, of <laughs> <You> course. <know? laughs> but yeah, it wouldn't work. It would not work. Even in New York, I don't, I don't think you could set it in New York and have it work. No. I don't. I, it's... No, no. Oh, just chavs on mopeds. Yeah, and, you know, mm, not happening <laughs> in London, of course. But yeah, but yeah, really enjoyed this movie. Um, and yeah. Are we gonna give scores to movies? Is that a yeah, thing? Yeah, this is do? what I want. This is what I wanted to check with you. Like, I think we should do like a score every week. Um, okay, but how do you want to score it? Out of ten, a hundred? I think a out million, of I think like, out, of, out of ten is probably the simplest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what would you give it? Man, this is hard for me because there are so many things I love about this movie that I think are just amazing mm. and just pulled off so well. The animation is awesome the voice acting is amazing yeah absolutely but the things that kill it for me is like the story just drops the ball and i understand why it does so it doesn't bother me as much but i'm looking at this as if i knew nothing else about akira like i i have no idea what manga is i can't read i'm an absolute idiot 
if all I was seeing was this movie, I would be so confused about what the hell is happening. <laughs> yeah. And maybe before I give my my rating, can we talk about the ending? What, how? Because yeah, I think that's important. Yeah, absolutely. So um, the ending is there's a big battle in the stadium. Yeah. Everything you know, blows up. Yeah, where the, the, where, where, where the 1500 meters relay took place, yeah. you know, a few months ago. <laughs> you know, uh, Tetsuo transforms into like a giant blob, squishes his girlfriend, gets out of control because of his power. Um, and then the kids basically morph him into like a singularity. Is that the point? Yeah. And then Canada kind of gets swept up. So here's how I understood what happened. Okay. So he. Tetsuo is being absorbed by Akira, who ah. has, like, reformed. And I think the kids mentioned, like, oh, like, uh, he's being, like, reverted back. Mm. And then we'll uh, be with or, him again yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, and then yeah, yeah. Kaneda gets pulled into the giant explosion. And they're like, oh, you know, Shit. we weren't we weren't supposed to go into the explosion. But if all <laughs> they're three... just looking behind him. Yeah, it's like, like, who's nah. this kid? They're like, <laughs> if all like... three of us go... <laughs> If all three of us go into the explosion, we can at least save Kaneda. Yeah. So I guess they all go into the explosion and get teleport Kaneda. Like they teleport to K out mm. and just the make Colonel. like some kind of weird singularity. Yeah, and, and teleported him. Arsehole just so that he can just yeah. And then he gets he out. gets teleported <laughs> out. Um, and then at the end, it's there's just one line of dialogue and it says like I am Tetsuo. Mm. So, what I got from that was, mm -hmm. he created a big bang. Yes, yes. He elsewhere, created another, another and he universe. Became like he became that the universe's Akira. He became Tyler the Creator. Basically. Yes. He became the creator of, like... Another universe somewhere. Yeah, yeah with, like, another bitchy Canada. and <laughs> <laughs> Sure, yeah, yeah, I don't know, multiple timelines, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Oh, the, the Americanized version of Akira okay. exists in is that, that place. Is that what they're going to do? Oh, no. <laughs> no, no, I'm joking. Oh, no. I'm <laughs> they can just say, well, this version is, like, it takes place in... It takes place after In his reality, and it's, like, Tetsuo created shit, another you know? universe, and you split the timeline. <laughs> it's not the fucking MCU. Don't do that. But yeah, so he becomes a god, basically. Yeah, essentially. Yeah. Like, I, I, the way I understood it was that when he merged, met, they don't really say, when he comes in contact with Akira, he gets his powers under control. Yeah, yeah, basically. So, like, Akira is maybe, like, the, the reincarnation of god, or like whoever created the universe, he's, the he's literally energy. Yeah, he's the equalizer. Is is what they've explained yeah. it as. He's just like, calm down, simmer yeah. down, <laughs> simmer down. Go make a universe over there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we'll be good. I'll just put you over here. Yeah. Very Men in Black too. You know, yeah. like where the throwing the marbles around at the end, and it's mm -hmm. just like entire universes. But yeah, it. It, this movie, At least like, I assume that's what happens because they don't explain. Goes from zero to one hundred. I mean, Very literally, quickly. it's a story about kids on bikes, turns into like some government conspiracy yeah, cover conspiracy up. shit, and then all of a sudden, one of the boys becomes a god after yep. massacring like all of his friends, pretty much, <laughs> and destroying like killing his ninety percent of Tokyo, yeah, just just flattening the city. Thanks, yep. you know, my house is there. You it prick. is. It is. It is a weird. <laughs> escalation right like it it 
it just keeps going. Yeah, it's yeah. like, oh, how much more damage can yeah. we do? Yeah, none of them pay health insurance. No. We well, tax are fucked. We do, and we're fucked. Yeah. You know, after he fucking flips out, say yep. goodbye to this flat. Yep. You know what I mean? <laughs> just like the mini I mean, earthquake we had during this podcast. Did you feel that? <laughs> no, I didn't. We had an earthquake oh, at okay. about 20 minutes in. That's why I was, like, eyeballing you. Like, oh, no, I didn't feel that. you feel, feel that shit? Maybe, maybe I did. Fucking Tetsuo was... You know, made, it, made another universe, like, <laughs> we just felt it. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Um, anyway, yeah. <laughs> so the like, ending. The yeah. ending is fucking weird. Um, <laughs> as far as the the movie goes, like, man, I, I'm, like, torn. I have to give this movie, like, a six? A six? Seven? Really? Yeah, okay. I, you, you can do it. You can do a point five if I, you want. It's it's somewhere yeah it's like it's like a six and a half and mm. I know that saying that is like fucking sacrilege because people are like <laughs> this is the best animated movie ever and I agree with you it looks fucking amazing but as a whole I think this movie just it suffers in the story department mm, just in that the mark for you. in that I I know that there's stuff that's been cut yeah. it's evident there's stuff that's been cut. Mm. It doesn't tie together super well between certain parts. Mm. And the escalation makes sense in the context of the movie. But there's so many... It's just bad at telling its story. I (laughs) Like, that's the thing that, that... hurts me the most is like i know that there's a good story in there yeah and it's it's just not done a super great job of telling Mm, that story mm, mm. but a lot of people say that about the manga that it's pretty convoluted yes and then i I mean you have the anime movie that suffers from a lack of explaining like ideas from the manga that maybe it's implemented too much of it so it's it's convoluted also in two hours kind of yeah so i think the story just in general just needs to calm the fuck down a bit and just uh, maybe a little yeah <laughs> um so you're gonna but, give it a six but it's weird because yeah i'm gonna give it a six but it's weird because the story uh, the movie is two hours long yeah and all i could think about was when's it gonna end mm, mm, mm. but at the same time i'm like i can't look away from this because it looks so good it's a good final third as well yeah yeah like it does suffer from a lack of pace in the middle i think but the final kind of act mm-hmm it's really, really good. Yeah. Um, yeah. I wouldn't say it has, like, a very, very, like, <sighs> cohesive, satisfying ending, but... No. Um, yeah. And maybe that's probably for the best, like, yeah, the, you know, yeah, choose just, your own ending. Yeah, choose your own ending. <laughs> However you want it to go. <laughs> Opens the door to another universe, yeah. and, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so what, do you, what, do you, what did you think? Choose your what own universe. You, what would you give it? Um, I'm very biased, because um, this is one of my favorites. Um, again, the more I kind of watch movies, because I studied it at university, I, I went back again and I watched it, watched it with you obviously mm-hmm. recently as well. And, um, I think the more I've kind of studied movies and the more I've watched it, I've found little things, more things that mm-hmm. are kind of, you know, satisfying and kind of great. And, um, I was hugely biased on this as a kid because I had the VHS and mm-hmm. I'd give it to all my friends and like my best friend Joe, I gave it him and he gave it me back and he was like, didn't understand it. It was amazing, but what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, like, what's going on, right? <laughs> what the fuck are you smoking? You know, and I'm just like, okay, gave it to another friend. Some of my friends got it, but like I remember just at the time thinking, this is fucking insane. I've never seen anything like this, right? So yeah, at the time, I could imagine. Blew like, my mind. Some, you know, someone, someone watching this for the first time when it came yeah, out, you'd be like, I what? So fucking what cool, is man? this? Like, you know, year 10 at school, I was like, Wow, it's fucking awesome. I've got this on VHS, mm-hmm. you know. But um 
I I think it's a beautiful movie, like you've said. I'm a huge fan of the music. Um, I think it really serves the atmosphere. Um, it really complements it. Um, characters, yeah, there's some weak characters, but there's some really strong ones holding it together. Um, I think it is um, an inspiration for many other forms of media going forward. It is a very, very, like, it is a standpoint in kind of animated um, movies and pop culture in general. I'm going to give it an 8. Mm. An 8.5. It's far from perfect, but I love watching it. And rereading the manga, um, I can kind of compare and go, oh, that's where they took that and put that in this. Right. And like, mm-hmm. That's where they didn't use that in the movie kind of thing. So it is kind of like, it's like a choose your own adventure. Like in your head canon. You can make the perfect Akira movie. Right, by, yeah. If, if you've watched the <laughs> movie like, and you've read the manga, you'd be like, okay, this is what... Why did they take this out? Why did they put this in? Like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I don't get it. Yeah. Yeah, I can understand why that's the case. Yeah. I mean, I think a little bit that this movie suffers from its own legacy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In that it's a good movie that has been overhyped. To its detriment. Because mm. I think a lot of people will go into Akira thinking it's like, this is like a 10 out of 10 animated movie. And it's it's not. I don't think it's bad by any stretch of the imagination. But I think its legacy has kind of done it dirty a bit. Mm, 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 mm. Yeah. Yeah. So you're going to give it a six? Yeah. Six, six and a half, seven, somewhere around there. Yeah. I'm an 8.5. Yeah. Okay. Love it. So, yeah, um, thanks for listening to us on our inaugural podcast. Um, we didn't really do much of an introduction. Um, how are you doing? I, yeah, I'm doing okay. It's, <laughs> you know what, it's, it's weird to talk about this movie, and I feel like we jumped around a lot, but that's because this movie is just so, like, it's, it's, it's a little bit scattershot, yeah, right? It's, it's chaotic. Um, but There's so many things I want to talk about, and it's hard to yeah. kind of put them together, yeah, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was good talking about it, so. Got any plans this week? Nope. No plans? Nope. Ah. I mean, <laughs> I don't have work, so. Yeah, yeah. Or no, I have to go back to work tomorrow. Yeah, but. the state of emergency is being lifted soon, so hopefully we can come to some degree of normality. <laughs> I'm actually going to go see the new Bond movie on Friday. Which... Okay. Huge fan of Bond, so let's hope that the hype is real for that one. Maybe we can... Are you into Bond, Dave? I've seen a couple. Yeah? Yeah. I... Not I've not watched any of them like at length or watched anywhere near all of them because there's so many Bond movies. That's why we've got this podcast. We oh, can go through go. them <laughs> one by one. So, everybody, uh, thank you for tuning in to the Midnight Film Club. The, the inaugural um, episode. The inaugural episode. And, uh, yeah, thank you so much. And We haven't decided you. what we're going to, the next movie is, have we? I think I know what we're going to okay. choose. Yeah. Okay. But we'll keep it I guess a secret. You, I guess you'll find out next yeah, week. Yeah, you'll find out next week. And I'll tell you what, it is a monster of a movie. <laughs> that is my only hint. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And yeah. So that's it for today, everybody. Thank you so much. Thank Take you. it easy. See you. All the best.